This week I sent around a photograph of Beatrice to the extended family. It showed her holding two stovetop pots in her hand. The one was filled with uh, purple cabbage leaves and the other was filled with brown onion skin leaves. And I challenged the family, what do you think we're up to? Well, eventually the right answer came back. We were about to color Easter eggs yet again. But this year we were going to use natural dyes. As I thought about that, I thought about this, and perhaps it was only appropriate to return to our Lenten journey, because Easter is on the horizon. This morning we're going to read, first of all, a psalm. A psalm that has meant a great deal to God's people through the ages. When the psalmist encountered a season of trial or of trouble, he asked, where can I look for help? And God's people often have looked to the mountains, to the hills. Why? Because they have seen all of human history. They've seen all of creation history. They've seen the waters carve out the rivers from hard stone. They've seen the forests arise and be filled with creatures teeming. They've seen the cities being built. They've seen it all. So the psalmist asked the hills his question, from whence does my help come? And back from the hills comes an answer like an echo to the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. I invite you to begin with me by reading responsibly this Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Amen.
Our gospel reading this morning is taken from Mark chapter 8, beginning to read at verse 31. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but human things. He called the crowd with his disciples, and he said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Amen and thanks be to God for this reading from his holy word. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be found now acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We do not know how long this season of uncertainty will be with us. And part of my spiritual life these days is just learning to live with this ambiguity. But more and more, I have come to acknowledge another dimension of spirit these days. I am preparing myself to emerge from this experience a different person than I was just a couple weeks ago or even just yesterday. When we are brought out of these days, the question each of us and all of us together will need to ask is, what have we learned? What have we learned? In many ways, I am old school. For example, I enjoy holding a hardcover book and feeling the paper as I turn the pages and folding a newspaper as I read it. So I'm particularly thankful for the postie that continues to drop the journal and the magazine in our box at home. A recent issue of the London Review of Books included an article entitled, What Happened? It deals with the outcomes of devastation. And one sentence jumped out at me. Having been brought through a time of turmoil, it said that there are two usual outcomes. And one is the temptation to jettison everything that we ever believed, and the other to refuse the possibility that we were wrong about anything, any time. The point for me is that reflection through a time of turmoil does not come easily, and growth and understanding is not to be taken for granted, and the challenge will stand for me and for us. What have we learned? 
For some of us, this understanding or learning may come in a moment of inspiration suddenly where everything is made crystal clear and we're changed for a more profound experience of life, something like Saul on that road to Damascus. But I imagine that for many more of us, our learning will be a journey, a series of understandings and turnings that will come to shape us as water slowly but surely shapes the river stone. For me, the challenge of growth and of learning begins this day with these words of our Lord. If any want to become my followers in the way of life, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The one who says these words is one who himself experiences suffering, of course. And I hear Jesus declare that suffering is not a denial of good or of God, but that good and God can be known in the midst of it all and even through it. These words of Jesus are hard to hear, at least they are for me, and they can be overwhelming. It's easy to dismiss them until, of course, they're lived. If I'd known how lonely I was going to be when I set off a tender age to spend three years in Scotland at university, far from family and friend, I might never have gone. But those years turned out to be the most formative time of my life in both terms of self-understanding and vocation. And in fact, it was then that I met my partner for life. If I'd known how much work was involved in raising children, how fully they would occupy my hours and my heart and disrupt my personal plans, I might never have begun a family. But then also I would never have had all those evenings filled with prayers of thanksgiving and joy. How often as a minister I've set out at the beginning of the week arranging to make an evening visit to some household in the congregation and when that day finally comes and we've had supper at home and I, it's time to set out, it's the last thing I really want to do. And yet that visit will turn out to be a ministry to the minister. As I receive yet another perhaps witness of perseverance in faith or a gesture of grace or a gift of spiritual encouragement. I'm sure that we can all remember times in our lives when after the experience of a sense of loss or suffering, we've been overwhelmed by an even greater experience of joy and thanksgiving. So is it also in the life of faith. If any want to become my followers in the way of life, well, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. There's more than enough for me to ponder at this point already, but there's one thing more that I really want to share in terms of our learning. To deny myself, it sounds so negative, but I've come to understand that actually it's essentially positive. To deny that my security is found in finances, to deny that my worth is gauged by my accomplishments or failures, to deny that my identity is determined by my health 
or my popularity or my family. This denial is essentially an affirmation, an affirmation of the grace and goodness of God. This denial of myself is in fact an affirmation of God who says, I love you. I love you with a love that will not let you go. The suffering that Jesus refers to is not a suffering he seeks out, nor a suffering that he deserves. It's what he accepts in love of and commitment to humanity. The cross he takes up is not his cross, it's our cross, our burdens, our suffering, our sin. He takes that up for our sake. In him, we're given the opportunity to understand that the way of life is a way in which we are sensitive to and committed to others in their need. Once we've known Christ and come to trust him, once we realize that there's nothing to do now but to follow him, and we do follow, well, we hear these words of Jesus differently. They're words now of assurance. These days, yes, they may be days of uncertainty, days even of suffering and of sacrifice, but these are days of Christ. In taking up our cross, in taking up the burdens of others, in following Christ, we know life. Life changed, deep, good, life that will not be lost. A friend of ours is an artist who supports his family by exhibiting at art shows all across North America. All that now has quickly, suddenly come to an end. With the help of one of the other members of the family, he's now creating an online portal for his artwork. Well, in the announcement of his new website, Rick quoted Winston Churchill. If you're going through hell, keep going. But then he went on to quote another higher source, as he said, fear not. When we're brought to the other side of these days, the question each of us and all of us together will need to ask is, what have we learned? This morning, I've learned to embrace change, to embrace change in myself, and in others, so that I might better take up the way of Christ, and this world might better conform to his kingdom of peace and justice. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Let us pray. Holy One, living and eternal God, I bless you for whatever the week passed, you have brought us to a new week of grace. You who are a great community of life, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you for this time when we hear again your promises and challenges, when we might receive strength for these days and a path for life. O God, you have shown your love for us and for all humanity by sending us Jesus the Christ. As we begin this new week, I pray help us to remember his eagerness not to be served but to serve, his sympathy with suffering of every kind, his bravery in the face of his own suffering, his strength so that when he was rejected, he rejected not in return, his steadiness of purpose in keeping to his appointed task, his simplicity, his self-discipline, his calmness of spirit, his complete reliance upon you, his Father in heaven. O God, in Jesus, you have prepared a way before our feet. And I pray now grant us the grace to follow in his footsteps. Let us no longer belong to ourselves, but to you. All of us to you. And then all your life and strength and joy will flow into us and flow through us. Make us know that because of your blessing, we have nothing more to fear from this world, from others and even from within ourselves. For long you've invited us to walk in the light of your sovereign purposes and of your compassionate Christ and of your life-giving spirit. For long you've waited for us to take up our cross and carry your love for this world. May we this week be true to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the calling of Christians. O God, you know our frailty and our sin and yet you've neither forgotten us nor forsaken us. The Spirit still comforts. The arms of the Christ still remain outstretched. And you are still moved by prayers for healing and for peace and for new beginnings, personal, national, and for all creation. And so, O oh God, for our families far and near, for all who are anxious about how they will support themselves and their own, for all who continue to provide essential services in our community and nation, for all who have responsibility of governance and communication, for all around this world who must struggle without the provisions or security that we know in this land, for brothers and sisters in the Church of Christ, Orthodox, Protestant, and Roman Catholic, with whom you have knit us together into the living body of the living Lord. O oh God, for these we pray. Finally, O oh God, I thank you for all those lives generous and beautiful through whom you have spoken and worked to make our lives strong. 
Recall to us our homes, our friends, the great traditions of humanity, the great truths of our faith. And recall to us Christ over all, the same yesterday, today, and forever, the one whom we follow in your service to this, your world, he who is our salvation and our vision. In his name we pray, amen. And hear us, Lord, as we continue now in the words your Son taught us together to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. as always, with blessing. Blessing not from Andrew nor from St. Andrews, but from the Lord God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace this day and always. Amen. <laughs>